If you like listening to my conversations with interesting people, you'll love listening to them or watching them on Nebula, the creator-owned streaming service where you can get access to these interviews early and ad-free, as well as bonus episodes from my YouTube channel and exclusive series you can't find anywhere else. Sign up for Nebula by clicking the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe to support the podcast and help promote content that matters. It's the, the reason why I'm talking 80% SpaceX is because the rocket industry right now is 80% SpaceX. It's not just the Starship either. It's Falcon 9, it's Crew Dragon, it's Cargo Dragon, it's all the projects they still have in the pipeline. It's just so much more than what anybody else is doing right now. I mean, you said Blue Origin. Um, they've been developing New Glenn since when? There is nothing. There, there is. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for everyone. I really sure, am, and I don't really like the hate that is being brought against Blue Origin because largely, largely of because of Jeff Bezos. But uh, um, <laughs> you should see it from the engineer's standpoint. In the last few years since SpaceX has ramped up development of the Starship launch vehicle, there has sprung up a cottage industry of sorts, of online video and content creators who are following the progress of this thing in extreme detail. From 3D artists rendering animations of missions and launches, to people doing aerial photography of the site, to people literally live streaming the launch pad 24 hours a day, to people like today's guest, Felix from What About It, who have just built an entire YouTube channel around sharing these animations and these flybys and live streams, and dissecting them for info and updates and speculating on what's going to happen next. I first spoke to Felix a couple years ago when he reached out to me asking for advice, and we had a nice little chat over Zoom, but since then he's posted every week, grown his channel to a quarter million subscribers, and fairly recently actually relocated his whole family from Germany to Florida so they can be closer to the action. So with Starship getting closer to its first orbital test and the SLS finally about to head for the moon, it hasn't taken off yet as of this recording anyway, but it's getting there. Um, I thought it'd be a good time to kind of sit down and talk to Felix about his story and hear his background, what got him so interested in this subject in the first place and where he thinks things will go from here. So get ready for some nerdy space talk as I jump into this conversation with Felix Schling. I just recorded a video yesterday that it's not going to come out for another week or so. So I think it'll be out by the time this comes out. And mm -hmm. I, I pose a debate, a question in there. Um, the question, it's a, it's a lightning round video. So the question came from one of my little Patreon people. And uh, I say little, like they're that big or something. But um, but the question was about Dear Moon, like what's going on with Dear Moon? Because we hadn't heard anything in a while. So I looked into it and I'm like talking about it. And, you know, they, they still, at the time that we're speaking right now anyway, have it planned for 2023. I feel like that's just not going to happen. I mean, they're still, you know, not even at space yet. And, and so I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be pushed back to 2024, blah, blah, blah. Some light bulbs go off in my head. And I'm like, wait, that's pretty much the same flight path that Artemis 2 is going to take. And they're scheduled for the same year. <laughs> Could SpaceX beat NASA to the moon? They could. In theory, they could. Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about that. I'd love to hear your take on it as somebody who follows the goings on so closely. Well, there's a lot of stuff that SpaceX still has to do to figure out before um, before they can fly to the moon, especially with a starship. Mm -hmm. But they also do possess a lot of the technology already. I mean, they're flying crew dragons and a crew dragon is nothing more than a let's say dumped down 
moon vehicle. It, can, it couldn't land on the moon, of course, because it doesn't have the landing capabilities, but it has everything else that you would need to travel towards the moon. It has uh, the whole life support package, for, uh, for example. It has the pressurized space for, and it's human rated and so on, so on and so forth. And they've been flying quite a few astronauts already. So I've heard some rumors that uh, SpaceX might attempt a flight with a Starship really soon. Uh, of course, it's the typical two week thing and we never yeah. know when it's gonna happen because <laughs> there's tons of delays because it's prototyping. Um, but they are very close behind SLS, I'd say. And uh, SLS is very expensive and it's been in development for, well, officially 11 years, but arguably longer. Um, it's a very old rocket design and so on and so forth. So if SpaceX pulls off the Starship, if it actually works, if they can actually catch boosters and catch the Starships, and if the heat shield concept they have right now works out, um, they are close. They are close to, to, to making it run, to, to get it operational. And if they are close, well, they could be NASA. They, they have a chance. They definitely do. Definitely to Mars. When uh, I did this Artemis video just, uh, well, last week, I guess, um, I kind of described the lunar uh, starship as sort of a cross between a crew dragon and a starship because it's, it's a starship shape, but it's, you know, kind of got the features of a, it's like somebody took a crew dragon and just went, and like just stretched <laughs> it, you know, yeah, really long. Yep. Um, but no, like, as I was looking into that, it's like, I, I, I think a long time ago I did like a SpaceX versus NASA thing. And then I stopped doing that because I was like, it's not, a, it's not a versus thing. They're working together. It's not, they're not in competition really. But, but um, when I started looking at that and I was like, we're getting really close to having, I mean, uh, Artemis is just about to go up in a couple of weeks. And like you said, like the, the, the first orbital starship, maybe soon, hopefully we're hot on its heels. So SLS will be a little bit in the lead because at least it will have gotten to space into the moon and everything. Uh, but but Starship isn't far behind and we know that they've been iterating on that a lot faster than SLS has. So it's it's actually kind of an interesting debate that I have going on in my head right now. Yeah, um, especially the, the iteration rate is in, insane in my opinion. Mm -hmm. They're... Um, they are right now lifting booster seven onto the orbital launch mount uh, as we record this. And uh, it took them a week to install all the engines, for example, just, just that mm. kind of stuff is, uh, no, one, <laughs> no one works at this speed. It's just, yeah. I, when I posted, um, I posted on Twitter, um, when they rolled booster seven back to the production site at the Boca Chica Starbase, And um, I posted that, I'm I'm expecting them to roll it back within a week. And somebody else wrote under it that that's never going to happen because it's uh, 33 engines they'll have to install and they that's going to take them weeks. And they did that before as well. This is not the first time they they installed so many engines at the same time. So that's another indicator for how how different SpaceX's take is on especially on the Starship because the Falcon 9 yeah, minus the landing is a fairly traditional rocket. Yeah. Um, it has a, a 
even with the landing, it has a fairly quick turnaround of roughly a month, sometimes a little faster, sometimes a little slower, but that's around the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, but that's not nearly what they are trying to do with a starship. They they want to fly it three times a day. <laughs> and mm -hmm. even when you hear that, it's yeah, it's mind boggling. And so they they have to be able to install 33 engines when a, within a day or two. And that's what they're already doing. And so it's it's so different in so many different aspects. Do you it's know incredible. where they make the Raptor engines? Sorry? Do you know where they make them? In Hawthorne. Like where, where's their facility? In Hawthorne, but they are working on a Raptor facility in Texas. But I do think that is not operational yet. SpaceX mm -hmm. is trying to take that's another thing that is so different from especially SLS, where SLS is proud to be able to manufacture different parts in almost every state of the United States. Yeah. SpaceX is right now trying to put everything in one spot or at least two spots, which would be Texas and Kennedy Space Center. Mm -hmm. um, there, uh, the Starbase itself is producing the prototypes. Uh, then you have McGregor, which isn't too far away from, from uh, Starbase. Well, Texas is large, <laughs> but <It's> relative, yeah. <laughs> it still isn't that far away. Uh, that's their test facility. And the only thing that is kind of separated from that right now is Hawthorne building the Raptor 2 engines, but that is going to be shifted to uh, close to McGregor, uh, where they are building a Raptor 2 factory right now, which is then going to mass produce one of the most advanced rocket engines in the world. And uh, and the same at the Kennedy Space Center. They're building the, the, the Roberts Road facility right now, and yeah. they've already announced that that's going to be tripled in size because, because they want to put the heat shield bakery, where they produce mm -hmm. the, the heat, heat tiles for the Starship. That is supposed to be right next to where they are going to build the Starships at the Cape and so on. So um, distances are being shortened, and it kind of it works similar to a Tesla Gigafactory. Same concept in one door out the other raw materials in one side and advanced rocketry out the other yeah. like you do Such mars rockets thing. out the other side yeah yeah that is incredible and that is very different from anything anyone else does right now basically yeah i mean the whole uh paradigm shift between like you said the whole uh every state in the united states makes some part of the SLS, you know, and, and that's the way NASA's always had to operate because it's it, it sounds cynical to call it a jobs program, but from the standpoint of a U.S. senator, it's absolutely a jobs program, you know, uh, yeah. so everybody wants to bring some jobs to their state and like claim some piece of this history making event and all that. Um, so that's how they have to do it at NASA. And and, and it's 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 sort of a battle of two different paradigms you know you got the vertical integration that that spacex is all about and then you've got the very horizontal <laughs> across the entire state's horizontal that the mm -hmm. nasa has to do and uh it's 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 interesting it's it's always interesting to me watching how different companies and different organizations do you know just kind of have different ways of doing things like spacex versus uh, Blue Origin, which is very secretive and everything's behind closed doors and you don't know what they're up to. And they're kind of operating in stealth mode all the time, always. And then SpaceX is literally just like, uh, you can set your cameras up over there across the street while we uh, do this top secret building stuff over here. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but but here's what's interesting about that. Like, uh, and I was going to bring this up at some point, so we might as well jump into it. Um, you have a whole business around SpaceX, around the, the development of Starship. Like, I know that's not all you talk about, yeah. but it's clearly your bread and butter. You know, it's eighty percent. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and you're not alone. There's Marcus House. There's Lad Padre. There's all these guys that like there's like a whole ecosystem, a media ecosystem around this one company developing this, this vehicle. Where else can you find that? And, 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 and like, that's why everybody's so excited about it. That's why there's so much buzz generated about it. It's just this whole different way of approaching it instead of like, you know, oh, don't, don't look at what I'm doing. You know, don't, don't see what I'm doing over here. It's kind of like, no, everybody just uh, check it out, you know? And and we're gonna blow stuff up over and over again. It's gonna be like a NASCAR race. You're just gonna like watch just to see things explode and um, yeah, popcorn and accidents. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is comparable. It's just that it's the the reason why I'm talking eighty percent SpaceX is because the rocket industry right now is eighty percent SpaceX. It's not just the Starship either. It's Falcon Nine. It's Crew Dragon. It's Cargo Dragon. It's all the projects they still have in the pipeline. It's just so much more than what anybody else is doing right now. I mean, you mm -hmm. said Blue Origin. Um, they've been developing New Glenn since when? There's nothing. <laughs> there, there is. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for everyone. I really sure, am. Yeah. And I don't really like the hate that is being brought against Blue Origin because largely, largely of, because of Jeff Bezos. But uh, um, <laughs> you should see it from the engineer standpoint and you don't know what they're doing there as you said yourself they are very secretive so we don't even know how far along they are recently i heard some rumors about the new glenn fairings being done with testing the be4 is being being delivered to ula for vulcan but that's it mm. there is no information so we don't know how far they are they could be a few months away from a first test flight you don't know so I'm rooting for the engineers and not for Jeff Bezos. So everything's fine on that end. But even with, even with that in mind, there is just so much more news about SpaceX. I mean, I live right next to the pads now and I can walk out the door twice a week and see a SpaceX rocket launch. That's never been there before. <laughs> that is just incredibly yeah. uh, different than anything else we've seen so far. So. It's hard to not talk 80% SpaceX if you have a space-related channel right now. Mm. I mean, and then you have the science missions, which I love talking about, but they're sometimes 20 years apart or five years apart at least until the next big thing goes up, like James Webb, for example. How long was that in development? Yeah, and then yeah. I'm wondering, why are they not just building two or three of them? They know how to build James Webb, right? So just build a few of them and send them up, but nobody else but SpaceX does that. They are building one and that's the mission. That's it. That's the end. But they now perfectly know how to build one. Why not make four or five of them? <laughs> you know how to do it now. And so on and so forth. So SpaceX's approach is different. When they do something, they do thousands of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I love that. That's for sure. I was uh, I was thinking about how... <clears throat> again like so so you kind of created this youtube channel around all the all the testing and the starship stuff and and you're not alone there's there's several other people and and for a while there they were like what was it like every six weeks they had a new one coming out and they would like do the suborbital launch and kaboom okay let's try it again and and that was exciting i actually remember i was yeah. i was shooting um uh 
I don't know if you're that familiar with Nebula, but I've got a, a series that I shot on there called um, Mysteries of the Human Body. Mm-hmm. I know and the show. It was like just, it was in December of, God, it's almost been, it's almost been two years now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, I actually got a studio and we had the whole set thing and had a crew and I had my little computer right there with the script on it and a camera and we're going through the thing. And like, that was the day that they tested, I guess, SN8, the first one that actually went up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, one of the days that we were shooting was the day that they were launching. And so like, I, I literally had it up on my computer and it was muted and everything, but I was like keeping an eye on it. And as it got down close to, I don't know, five minutes or something like that, I was like, okay, we're taking a break. <laughs> we all just like gathered around my computer and watched it and then like got back to recording. So, I mean, but it was just like every, every, I mean, what month or so, it seemed like there was a new launch going mm-hmm. up. And, and like you and all these people you know, created these channels around this thing. And then it just kind of like crickets for a while. Like nothing really happened for a while. Like, well, I mean, I know things were happening, but it wasn't no explosions. like no explosions. There it wasn't any launches to cover happened. and stuff. Nobody, no live streams to do. And, and uh, I was kind of like yeah. thinking about you and, and, and all these other guys and kind of being like, come on, <laughs> like, that's my kind of luck. You like create a whole channel around it. And then it's like, they're like, dudes, come on. No, 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 no. There's there's much more to it. And actually, my channel's doing quite fine <laughs> right now. You just hit 250,000. Congrats. Yeah. And more than 50 million views. And it's incredible. I, I still remember when we had our first talk, when I just started the channel and you gave me a few ideas what to do and what not to do. And if I would have known back then, it's it's incredible. But it's... Uh, would have known that it worked? Huh? Yeah. Well, you said if I would have known, if you had known what? If I would have known how this develops, how how large such a, I mean, you've you're you're a seasoned YouTuber, and you've been doing this for a while. I've been I'm, following I'm seasoned you. like a crepe pan. Yeah. Well, I've been following you since you had I don't know fifty thousand subscribers or so. So I've known your channel for some time now, and uh, I I can't even imagine how much how much experience you've you've accumulated over time. It's it's I mean, I, I, I'm getting a glimpse of it after three years, but it's it's incredible. It's and, a wild uh, ride. Yeah. And I found my topic. It's SpaceX. It's it's mm-hmm. it's space. It's it's all the stuff that's still to come. I mean, imagine the first live streams that astronauts do en route to Mars, you know, it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Moon well, I was kind of talking about that with the Artemis stuff, like they're going to be able to to live stream back to Earth, the, the Earth rise as they go around the the other side of the moon like we've never been able to see it like that before you know we'll, exactly we'll be, we'll be there with them it's a whole different thing i mean uh apollo when 11 landed on the moon it was a i mean i've seen that video a hundred times or more and you can barely see oh yeah she wants <laughs> she wants to get involved yeah my cat's out the door i closed the door <laughs> well if i do that she would be on the other side of the door like scratching at it the whole time so of course yeah we she'll, she'll settle down in a second so yeah what i was saying is that the the moon landing video is so such a bad quality that you can yeah. barely see what they're doing there um now we're going to get 4k live streaming from everywhere they're going and i'm so looking forward to that i mean shoot they may have, be able to stream vr or something yeah, well, they or will. at least they would they could record VR and then you could experience mm-hmm. it. 360 way, videos and all sorts of stuff. And it's yeah. going to be we're going to be 
right there with everybody that does these things. And that's the first time we can we can experience this. So it's going to be very different. It's going to be the same target, um, but us being able to experience it in a completely different way. I got to admit, as I've been working on these Artemis videos, it's it's gotten me really excited for it. And mm -hmm. it doesn't look like I'll be able to make this first launch, which is a bummer. Oh. But um... I'll be there at the as close as you can get. I I'm got, I got invited by NASA for three mm -hmm. days. Yeah, just actually. brag about it. Go ahead. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got all the equipment laying down there right now to rig my camera to be able to do 160 FPS 4K recording. Nice. That's what camera is it? It's a Z cam and I'm completely rigging the thing, like building it out like crazy right now. Like I've had the camera for two years and all I did with it so far was record my episodes. It's, it's really good for that, but uh, it can do so much more if you put the right equipment on it. And so mm -hmm. in the, in the last two weeks or so uh, funded by the patrons uh, on Patreon, we've been like stocking it up more and more and more. And now it's, it's, <laughs> it's this big it out. machine that can, I'm very much looking forward to, to putting it on the tripod and uh, trying it out. And you Artemis need to test it out on it. some like model rockets. I will, I will like, just go get flame some testers out there. Yeah. Slow motion. It might look like the real thing. You, you could just skip the actual launch and then. Yeah. 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 Did it. I mean, you didn't want to do anything. And there on that, you know, <laughs> no, Artemis is going to be crazy. Um, even though it's a it's a it's an old rocket design, it's flight proven hardware. Um, it's going to be incredible to see if you're remotely interested in rockets. Um, that is going to be something. It's it's the largest rocket yet to take off. It's got four RS twenty fives. It's got five segment boosters that punch out five tons of fuel per second and things like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see the thing launch. Um, anyone who has the time, I mean, this is probably going to come out after the launch, right? Maybe. Assuming it goes off you know, when it's supposed to and it doesn't get delayed. Well, yeah, if it gets delayed and it isn't, hasn't flown yet, pack your bag, go to Kennedy Space <laughs> Center and see the thing fly because it's definitely worth it very much. Um, I think they sold out. Because I did well, look into can, it. It looks like you I can, can't. Well, you can always get to Jetty Park or Max Brewer Bridge or yes. somewhere. It's a huge rocket and it, it won't matter if you're three miles away or six or seven miles. There's plenty of space. Shouldn't miss out. <laughs> Come Still down. Feel it, feel it in your chest. It'll be, be breathing and it's like, I can't, I can't push out the, the air against the sound waves hitting my face. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Exactly. And yeah, if you like sure that does. kind of stuff, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you get the idea. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah. But you live right near there. You you moved fairly recently. How'd that go? Oh, yeah. I mean, you all settled in? Uh, yeah. And we don't want to move anymore. Um, if we can stay oh. here, we're going to stay here. It's it's the It was the right decision. We're right next to everything. And uh, we get so many opportunities uh, for just being by just being closer to the action, you, you mm -hmm. get invited by everybody. And uh, yeah, it's been, uh, we've been here since April 16th now. Oh, wow. So it's been enough time to give me a nice Florida tan. And uh, <laughs> it's a lovely place. If you, if you like sunshine and rockets and dolphins, hmm. 
pretty well, good. I have, we have sunshine and rockets in Texas. I don't know about that many dolphins, but uh, definitely the other two. You definitely have sunshine. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not today. It's been flooding the last couple of days. Um, oh. So wow. I, I was going to ask about the the move and how how that goes and everything. I've never I've never moved overseas before, like to another don't. country. Is is this the first international move you've made? It's it's been two and a half years of preparation. Uh, only our visa visa application was four hundred and fifty pages long. So it's oh that. God that big of a folder that we have to that we had to make ourselves. It was a huge hassle uh, due to COVID and uh, due to several crises going on uh, around the world right now. It got it got so expensive that we couldn't move our belongings from Germany to the United States yet. So we moved with uh, 10 suitcases and 15 boxes shipped to to mail like moving boxes. Uh -huh. That's all we were able to take. So and then the three kids, which didn't make it easier. We have a cat that moved with us, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, really I've heard even even animals can be difficult to move over borders because yeah. various reasons. You know, when we we for, uh, when we did our big flight to come over to the United States, we had everything prepared. The house was already sold. We we didn't even have a place to go back to when we uh, went to the airport. And um, we arrived there with our suitcases and the cat and two friends who brought us there. And uh, at the check-in, they, they asked us, what are you going to do with the cat? And we were like, we're bringing her. We have everything set. Uh, we, we did calls before and made sure that the cat can actually go on the plane. And they said, no, uh, Singapore Airlines never takes pets in the cabin. So you're like at the airport. Mm -hmm. Not a place to go back to. Like, that's it. <laughs> and we couldn't take the cat. So we had to give the cat to uh, the friends that brought us to the airport. They took her in for six, six weeks. I had to go back to pick up the cat again, and then it worked. So there's been quite a few things that went differently than we yeah. actually expected. It's, it's a hassle. If you don't have to move to a different country, don't. <laughs> if you don't no, really I've, want it, don't do it. I've never lived outside of Texas. Great. <laughs> I, I grew up 100 miles from here. And, and, and like, you know, I, I just kind of like moved to this area for college and then I got a job and then I got married and here we are, you know, and yeah. and uh, that it kind of bums me out. It's like there's so much of the world I haven't really experienced. I mean, we try to travel as much as we can, but it's, it's different than living somewhere, you know. Um, yeah. But I've never I've best. always wondered how the, the moving to another country thing works out. I know it's I know it's a hassle. I've heard that from everybody, but yeah. It's one of the best ways to experience a different culture is to actually live there because sure. when you have uh, when you go on vacation, even if it's six weeks or two months or something, you still have that I'm going to back I'm going to go back home thought in your head. Yeah. That is not with us, which is a really strange thing because I spent 42 years in Germany and I'm not going back right now. You know, it's not the the date of me packing my bags and going to the airport to go back to my home in Germany is not getting closer, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is strange, but it also gives you a different mindset because then then you have no choice but to actually integrate into the other culture. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, United States is different <laughs> from <laughs> Germany. It is. I mean, it's both Western countries and, and all that. But we in Germany, you live differently than you do here in the mm -hmm. States. So no, I'd love to go into that. Like what uh, what what's been the biggest surprise or what, what have been some things that have really stood out after moving here that you weren't expecting 
Okay. Um, so it can be good know, or bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I know the United States. I have a sister here and a brother, and I've been here many times, and they've been here for 40 years. And so it's not like I've never been here before. Sure. Okay. Um, and I thought I knew the United States before moving here. <laughs> 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 um, so verdict, I, I like it. I'm there is a lot of things that we say in Europe about the United States, probably the same way you do here about mm -hmm. about Europe, which are plain wrong and not right. And uh, so that's that that was a good thing to see. Um, people here welcomed us. People welcomed us with actually with open arms. We have a few good friends by now, which is insane. Uh, um, taking into account how long we've been here, but mm -hmm. we've been here, what, like four months now, that's nothing. And still we're, 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 we have, uh, well, good friends by now, which is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. your food is the, is even unhealthier than I thought before. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like no, when it you is, watch TV, every second commercial is about even more chicken wings. That's, ooh, guys, that's you have to change that. Ads. Yeah, you don't recycle, which I don't like very much because I was so used to it in Germany and it works pretty well. Um, but on the other hand, I do like that things are much less regulated here. I know you you complain about your bureaucracy, but you have no clue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, bureaucracy in Germany is like 10 times more than it is here. It is insanely hard to, if you have an idea to turn it into reality. So, for example, I wanted to open open up a company around the YouTube channel in, in Germany, which at some point it just makes sense to have a company and not just yeah. yourself. So I wanted to do that. And it took me eight months and 25,000 euros to be able to open up the company, which then luckily I didn't do. See your facial expression? There you go. And you're complaining about US bureaucracy. Don't. Here, when I wasn't doing even... that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, many Americans do, though. Yeah. And uh, here, I wasn't even living here yet. And uh, we only had a physical address, which means you you're not living in the in the in the US yet, but you, you need an address. So there's a website where you pay a monthly fee and then you have an address here. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me two days, one phone call and $200 to open up the company here in the US. And that is a good way of showing how different it is here. Mm -hmm. It everything's much less complicated. And I love that. So you like rockets, do you? Well, tell you what, there's a great documentary on CuriosityStream called Fly Rocket Fly about a rocket company that you probably have never heard of. Yeah, before SpaceX, before Rocket Lab, Blue Origin, all these guys, there was a private space launch company out of Germany called Otrag, whose goal was to build a simple and inexpensive rocket to compete with NASA back in the 1970s. It's a story of charismatic scientists with big dreams and everything that ultimately went wrong and left them in the dustbin of history. It's a really cool story that I really didn't know about, but it's a fun little footnote in rocket history worth exploring, and you can find it in a ton of other space documentaries on CuriosityStream. CuriosityStream, of course, is perhaps the best streaming service for documentaries on the internet, covering everything from science to art, pop culture, history, animals, you name it. If you've got a curiosity about it, you can find it on CuriosityStream. Plus, if you sign up at my special URL, curiositystream.com slash joescottpod, you can get free access to Nebula, the streaming service that I'm a part of, as well as many of your favorite science communicators on YouTube, at least all of my favorites are there, uh, where you can watch my videos ad-free and earlier than everybody else, and where you can see our Nebula-exclusive videos and series like my Mysteries of the Human Body series and the ongoing Forgotten Atrocities series. 
Plus now there's Nebula classes where you can actually learn skills from your favorite creators. It's just a really cool platform that's always adding new stuff. So it's really worth checking out if you haven't. But you get both of those services for only $14.79 for an entire year when you sign up at curiositystream.com slash joescottpod. That's 26% off the normal rate. It's just over barely a dollar a month. It's got to be the best streaming deal that's ever happened. So once again, curiositystream.com slash joescottpod. Go check it out. And thanks to CuriosityStream for supporting this podcast. Now back to Felix. I'm I'm trying I'm thinking back to when I created my I have an S corp but I mean it was oh my god I was like right out of college when I set this thing up I just like hired a lawyer and he did it and there you go now I have to file taxes on it every year um, mm-hmm. I am curious about taxes in other countries I mean not not the tax rates everybody talks about the tax rates but like um, taxes always feels like some kind of weird game to me because like you have to calculate how much you owe they know how much you owe. And if mm-hmm. you don't get the number just right, you'll get in <laughs> trouble. And I'm like, why don't you just tell me what I owe you and I'll pay you. Yeah. But silly. they don't do that. You've got to like jump through all the hoops and do it yourself and get to the right number. And it's like, if you know the number, just tell me. Yeah. It's is much it... too complicated too. No, it's the same in Germany. It's is exactly it? okay. the same. Arguably it's even easier in Germany with taxes because uh, there are a few pretty good, um, contractors that you can use basically to you 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 they just ask you questions you don't even have to know anything about the tax law they just ask you questions what do you do and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. and it'll it'll spit out the 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 tax form for you so that is uh actually pretty good but i totally agree it's in my opinion the whole tax system is kind of stupid it should be dumped down to to just a few lines of text and that could be possible and it should yeah. be an automated process maybe it's going to get to that point at some some point i would also love to see an itemized uh like list of places where the taxes are going hmm? yeah. <laughs> that would be great it just kind of feels yeah. like you're just throwing money into a dark hole and you don't really i mean I, i'm very aware that there's things like streets and whatnot that you get out of it and whatnot but uh can i say whatnot one more time and yes, but but it'd be it'd be great if it was like oh so this is what you're getting from from paying your taxes like like they don't market the taxes very well like I feel like they could very easily be like look at all these things you get thank you for paying into the system or something but but no it's mm-hmm. just like um you're off by five dollars you need to recalculate this mm-hmm. and, and I recently money. yeah I recently yeah. saw news um about the like a week ago or so they did a new estimate that uh, every citizen in the United States right now is in $200,000 a debt oh like average yeah uh, if you take the the governmental debt and you split mm. it amongst the people 200,000 <laughs> isn't that nice mm. <laughs> i don't know how they calculate uh, but yeah but that's the same in Germany. And, it's the uh, same yeah. thing over there. You have a few things where you're like, how how is that even working? How does that <laughs> even I mean, what? You print your own money, you 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 put everyone in the, I I was never asked if I can if I want to be in debt, you know. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> so yeah. that's the kind of stuff that you have to deal with when you're well, part of such a large um community, yeah. I guess. Like, could you, could you itemize it down so much that you can see like, oh, I put like five bucks into Artemis. You could probably. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. 
Yeah, so yeah. you should watch the launch. It's probably more than five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for this, damn it. Yeah. That's my rocket. I made the joke that when you see um, Artemis go up, you'll see these dollars dripping out of the <laughs> rear end. <laughs> instead, instead of ice flaking off, it's just mm -hmm. they're it's insulated just with dollars. Stacks of dollar bills. Didn't somebody, um, they were talking about the new launch mount or the launch um, tower that's needed for Artemis, like, and it was $1.3 billion or something just for the tower. And they were like, if you stacked $1.3 billion, you'd get to the moon. Which I don't think is yeah. true. Well, but, you know, <laughs> that, of course that wouldn't work. But yeah, Artemis has been very expensive. But there's actually a f there are a few technologies in there that will that NASA will be able to use even after Artemis. And uh, mm. nobody would have when they started Artemis eleven years ago. Nobody would have been able to predict that SpaceX is building a Starship right now. That's mm -hmm. what you have to take into account. SpaceX is really disrupting the industry, the same way that Tesla made all the car manufacturers in the world start building EVs, even though EVs existed long before that. But they were these, remember the days when, when they do these, these uh, uh, carbon fiber things with uh, solar on the roof and they mm -hmm. went through the desert on long distance records, like going yeah. 20 miles per hour. And that was EVs before stuff like Tesla happened. And now everybody is forced basically to keep up with it. And that's the same with uh, SpaceX and the rocket industry right now is like the reason why, why we're having so it's not just SpaceX popping out of the ground right now, it's relativity space, it's rocket lab going yeah, on, it's, yeah. it's Astra, it's, 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 it's all sorts of companies trying to innovate on this impulse that's been giving, uh, mm -hmm. that's been given. Um, oh, wow, we can reuse rockets and that actually makes it cheaper. Who would have thought? But before <laughs> before SpaceX, nobody really tried. When they started, everybody was laughing about Elon Musk with his uh, mariachi band when he formed SpaceX in what, 2004, yeah. I think? Yeah. And uh, nobody could have predicted that. That's what I want to, want to say. So you have to cut them some slack that uh, they are sitting there with their SLS wanting to launch it, of course, because there's a lot of money has been poured into it. And uh, a lot of attention is on it as well, not just from the public, but also from Congress, from people who have been funding this thing for years and years. So here they are with SLS, and now it's going to launch. I'm, I'm going to cheer for it. It's going to be incredibly interesting to see the thing launch and to see where they're getting, if they can actually accomplish the mission, which uh, there's a lot of ifs in there because it's not the same as Apollo, even if it does look very similar. The capsule is like three times the size and it's a different build and it's lots of new technology in there. So it's going to be interesting to see them try it out and circle around the moon. And after that, um, there is probably going to be a lot of change and you can already see it. Starship is already part of Artemis mm -hmm. and other companies that weren't 11 years ago, even in the plans have been jumping in and so on and so forth. It's a political program mm -hmm. and it takes time to change something like that. Yeah. But it's happening. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was sort of making the same point that like, uh, if, if Starship is able to, uh, even not, not even necessarily beat, but even tie or, or be close to Artemis two in terms of like when it goes up, if they're actually able to pull it off, I think that might be the last time we see the SLS go up. What do you mean with go up? The uh, the 
for Starship and Artemis 2. What do you mean? Well, I was talking earlier about the whole Dear Moon versus Artemis 2, like who could actually get there first kind of thing. Like mm. if So if, a fully fleshed out moon lander that is capable of delivering people to the surface of moon for mm. Artemis 2. Well, no, they're, they're not going to the moon or they're not going to land on the moon for Artemis 2, but but like just going around the moon, like if, if SLS, I'm sorry, if Starship actually works and can be like flight proven and um, human rated and all that kind of stuff, which I have thoughts on that too, but um, I, I just I just Everybody don't does. see how SLS continues if, if Starship like yeah. really works, you know? Yeah. Oh, Starship could deliver people to the surface. The only reason why they're not is because uh, NASA was against it because Gateway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing in the in the Artemis program that really doesn't make much sense if you have a Starship. Mm -hmm. Why? No, have no a like if you see the Starship docked with a Gateway, it's just like it's twice as big as the rest of the game <laughs> it probably can't even because it's 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 inertial mass is so large that it would change the orbit of gateway if, oh, if wow. something went wrong with docking it's the same as uh, starship docking with the international space station which is much larger than the planned gateway it's still it's so large that if there is ever so little energy transferred to the station while it's docking it's going to be a problem so I wouldn't mm -hmm. expect starships to ever dock with the space station. And they wouldn't need to either because it's, the, I mean, if a starship docks with the SLS, it doubles its pressurized space. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you said very, SLS, very you very mean large. Uh, space station? Uh, the space station, exactly. Yeah, okay. So it's large. It's very yeah. large. It's, you, can, you can easily build new space stations with a starship. Um, better ones and much quicker than they uh, were able to build the International Space Station. I mean, the ISS is, is uh, it's, its end date is ticking already. It's yeah. going to likely be 2031 right now. NASA has just announced a few, they are giving out contracts for vehicles that'll deorbit the station uh, when its final day comes because it's so large that it actually needs a vehicle attached to it to properly deorbit it in a, yeah. in a, um, um, uh, it's going to skim the atmosphere, go out to 150 kilometers, skim the atmosphere again, and so on and so forth to maximize the the time that they can actually control the station. And so it is, it's going to be very difficult to deorbit the thing. Uh, but that tells us that 2031 is probably the latest we're going to have an ISS. After that, mm. you need something else anyway. And so Starships would be perfect for that. Well, and there's uh, private space stations that are already in yep. the works with Axiom and uh, Orbital and Reef. Others, is that yeah. is that a Blue Origin thing? It's Blue Origin. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, Very. I was secret. actually thinking earlier about this the 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 size the the payload size of a starship being able to because it's so much wider. Mm -hmm. Like you could construct a whole new space station with wider modules, yep. and have them have more space up there with fewer pieces basically yep. nine meter diameter so you have at least eight meters on the inside which is much larger than anything mm -hmm. sls yep i still love the footage from skylab like oh, yeah. what to this day isn't that like that the that biggest could... space that mm -hmm. people have had up in space two days ago i showed that to my to my sister who was visiting me from from wisconsin and uh she 
she was amazed. I showed her that these typical videos where the astronauts are doing somersaults in, the, yeah, yeah. in this wide open space. And she was like, whoa, what is that? Uh, and I, yeah, that is uh, that was long ago <laughs> before they started <laughs> cramping into into sardine cans in low Earth orbit. It's uh, it's so sad that the Apollo program got got canceled um, so abruptly. They had so many plans for all sorts of things. And uh, yeah, yeah, and then that was we were a fun stuck video in low Earth orbit. I looked into all the stuff that they were planning on doing after Apollo and you're yeah. just kind of like, oh, man, <laughs> exactly. There's, that that would be been so fun. different now. Mm -hmm. It's all about the funding. It's and it's not even that much funding that's needed for this kind of stuff. It's it's there. I've I have I've read so many comments under my videos about people complaining that there's so much money going into space exploration. Mm -hmm. It really isn't that much money that's going into it. There are other projects that have like 100 times the funding, like nuclear aircraft carriers. Mm -hmm. That stuff is really expensive as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I always make the argument uh, whenever I hear that, and you're right, I hear it all the time in my comments too. People act like they just stuffed a billion dollars in a fairing and launched it out into space. You know, mm -hmm. no, all that money went to people who were working yeah. on these things. Yeah. Now, you can make the argument that it might be better spent elsewhere, that it's too siloed in a certain, you know, class of people or whatever. But fair enough. But um, it, it is it is money that goes into the economy. You know, the 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 James Webb Space Telescope cost one point two billion. No, actually, what was it like? Eleven billion. I was about to say, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. That's a very cheap James Webb. Yeah. But the point is, like, it, it was it was spent at these companies that were building it, and and the people who work there, you know, got paid from that money and stuff, and yeah. um, and it goes and all the way down as well. It's not just high class engineers being paid; it's all sorts of people. Mm -hmm. If you look at the program, it's the especially if it's SpaceX programs because they try to avoid these high high pay people as much as they can. Because if you want to build a rocket for what five million. In the end, a, a, a starship, you can't have these kinds of people working on it because it's going to be very, very expensive. So they mm -hmm. want to automate, and then in the end, you you'll have similar people to people working in a car factory um, that will be built that that will be built will be building starships in the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, so didn't they, they hire mm -hmm. like water tanker people or? or... Yeah. Water, and water tower just builders. normal welders and normal engineers and uh, all sorts of people you would find in all sorts of normal projects are working on starships right now. And very few of them are actually traditionally from 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 the old aerospace industry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's just something that I, I like, like you said, I, I see it a lot in my comments, like we're wasting all this money on space stuff and it's like it doesn't go to space it goes to people <laughs> you know? yeah. it, and like but at people. some point we'll we'll even we'll even be at the point where it stays in space imagine that when we have colonies up there and industries forming and all mm -hmm. these kinds of things if you put i mean of course there's lots of ifs in there if spacex is able to if the other industry se sectors are pitching in and so on and so forth but if it actually works we're not just going to go to the moon. We're not just going to go to Mars. We're going to leave this planet. Some a part of our civilization is going to go to to space, which would, I mean, 
that's the whole reason. If you look at any science fiction story, any any anything that is, I mean, I'm a huge science fiction fan, and I've, the the biggest interest I have when reading or watching science fiction is how how is it how would it be to to live out there to to venture to the stars to not even or not even to the stars even in our own solar system there are quite a few good shows and movies that are just set inside our solar system imagine if we can explore the asteroid belts and mine for for resources if we can if we can build a, a, a fueling stations on 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 jupiter's moons and things like that all that would be possible in a few decades if what we're doing if what spacex and all the others are doing right now actually works out so at some point it won't just even be beneficial for earth it'll be beneficial for humanity expanding into the solar system i mean mm. i think that's well invested money it's funny because um i'm on the side of that um space is inspiring and i get really excited about this kind of stuff um i had a, a couple of people on my team come over the other night and we were just kind of talking about it and uh, one of them his name is cooper he's he's the guy that was working on these artemis videos and um and he was like man i just i just kind of teared up at one point just kind of thinking about you know all this stuff like he got like emotionally involved in it and stuff and it's 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 interesting to me how like I'll just say people like us, I'll, I'll lop you into this group, but like we, we feel that sort of emotional connection to yeah. what's going on. And it, and it, for me, it like, it, it gives me hope. Like there's just so much garbage going on in the world all the time, but like you see something like this and it's like, wow, we can still come together and do really big things. It's just like a reminder that like, we can do great things if we really try and have the right motivation and stuff. Um, but for a lot of people, as I'm sure you see in your comments all the time too, it's just like this giant waste of money. It's yeah. there's enough problems down here on earth and uh, you know, billionaires They're trying right. to leave earth for the rest of us and all this. And yeah. um, it's always interesting to me how, how different people can have totally different, I guess, reactions to uh, space stuff. Like, like I said, like you and I, and, and, you know, people on my, on my staff and whatnot, like, it's so inspiring to us. We get emotional about it, but for, for other people, they get emotional in the other direction. It's just a, a travesty and it's a waste of money. And, and uh, we got bigger problems down here and there's people living in the streets and we got billionaires going up into space and stuff. And I get that. Yeah. Um, of course I empathize with that kind of thing. And, and, but uh, I'm, I'm constantly going back to like, but we need something to inspire us. We need something to shoot for oh, you know you can't just yeah. like always be like dealing with the problems in front of you you need to have a vision and uh for me that inspiring vision of like going out into space and uh, finding new frontiers and i've always made the argument that like the life that we live the quality of life that we have right now is only possible because of space because of i mean when was the last time you got lost? Nobody gets lost anymore because you got your little yeah. phone that'll just tell you where to go and stuff like that. The only reason you can do that is because of the space infrastructure that we've you know, created up there. Um, yeah. we, we all benefit from it in ways that we probably don't even think about. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm kind of rambling now, but <laughs> no, I, I totally, it's just interesting I'm, to me I'm how people can you. have different reactions yeah. to it. Yeah, there's a reason why I said in the beginning of this uh, 
conversation that we're having here uh, that I'm missing the recycling we we do in Germany. It's obvious we 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 need to be really careful with what we're doing right now. And anybody who's looked into the numbers probably agrees. Um, but that doesn't mean we need we don't we need goals. You need, as you said, you need inspiration. You need something to work towards. And I think, I mean, if you there is this famous picture of the of the pale blue blue dot, and mm -hmm. you can just put your thumb on it, and Earth is gone. And uh, what's left is everything else. It's just slightly bigger than Earth, and I think it's worth exploring. And uh, at some point, we won't have that. That's another thing that Elon Musk constantly keeps saying is that there is a window of opportunity. There always is. Even if we do incredibly well, at some point, our civilization will be gone. It's always like that. Mm -hmm. So there is a window of opportunity to be able to even try and explore, to put our foot out there and see where it's going. Um, so we should. And right now, we are obviously, I mean, you, if you look at what SpaceX is doing there and not just SpaceX, we have the technical capabilities now to be able to do it. So we should. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can still save the planet. We can still do better recycling and dr drive EVs and use solar power or whatever you deem the right thing to do to improve our planet. It, it, we can still do that and launch rockets. So we should. Yes, yeah, I I think that one uh, that those help each other out. That one, yeah. I mean, like solar power. So much of that was designed and developed from NASA going up and powering the yeah. ISS and things like that. Um, I, I think the shift is that, like some people are like, oh, pe we're we're ruining Earth, and now these people want to leave Earth and go ruin somewhere else. And I'm kind of like, I'm like, no, but the technologies that we're developing that make it possible for us to do that water reclamation for example and, and solar power and that kind of thing like the things that we learn up there get applied down here and make things better down here yes and and that's the that's the different mindsets that i feel like don't really also if you if you think of, just for a moment think about that we could actually make it to mars or to the moon and build bases there not just scoop up some dirt put a flag down and go back but actually stay there what's the one technology that we really or, or the technology branch that we really need to improve to be able to stay there we need to be very efficient that's something we're lacking here right now we need yeah. to be much more efficient so all the technology that comes out of energy uh, c consumption and uh, recycling and, and 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 being able to work with very little to achieve great things that's exactly what we need on earth right now so all the technology that we develop for these destinations to be able to even do it will benefit us down here um so yeah, yeah exactly. like i said if we can if we can do both at the same time and we can we should because somebody who designs rockets is not good at designing recycling systems so let them do their job it's it's kind of like when there's always when when there's a big project and uh, um, uh, people want it to go faster, they just say, why aren't they putting 100% of their workforce into the into that part so that it works faster? It's because the public relations guy can't paint a wall or design a car or whatever. It's the public relations guy. He needs to be doing public relations. And that's the same with, with, with us here on the planet. Somebody who learned how to design a rocket engine probably isn't the best at and so on and so forth. At, so at selling yeah, the idea. 
It's a different thing. It's just it's 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 two different projects. And if we can do both at the same time, I do definitely think we should. It's inspiring. It'll help us in the long run. And it's the one thing we've done since we stepped out of the out of the grass fields in Africa is to walk forward. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this is. It's 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 us walking for, uh, going beyond low earth orbit. We've been we've been doing a lot of stuff in space in the last few years, in the last few decades, but there is there is this classic picture. When you ask somebody how what what does space look like, they'll describe this typical horizon of earth with beautiful stars and maybe an ISS in it. That's space for us right now. But actually space is Th that picture without that beautiful Earth horizon, that, th that's low Earth orbit. Low Earth orbit is 300 kilometers away from us. <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah, really yeah. that far away. It doesn't even have zero G. It, the you the only reason why it, it has zero G is because we're constantly falling. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that's not space. Space is that picture in black. That's where I'd like us to go. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> the orbit is not space. We're just falling at a great height really yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've managed that. It's it's crazy enough, but it's not that's not what space is. Space is much further out. Space is everything except for that pale blue dot and it's 99.9999999 and so on and so forth. That's that's what we still have left. Mm. So we should go out there. So you mentioned uh, you enjoyed science fiction, I guess, reading science fiction growing up and stuff. Is, is that kind of uh, what led you toward all this? Like, what, what leads this guy in Germany to be so interested in rockets that he goes through the hassle and trouble of moving to Florida, Florida. so that he can watch launches go up all the time? You know, uh, first of all, I want to make the news. Uh, Florida man hugs rocket and doesn't let go. I'm working on a project. <laughs> I did say Florida um, with a lot of stank just there. Sorry, sorry to everybody in Florida. Florida is lovely. Don't let Joe tell you anything different. There's a little Texas-Florida rivalry. <laughs> so um, it's the rockets. And that's what I'm talking about mostly on my channel as well. There are channels that are very, very busy with uh, the science of exploring space. And there are those that are very busy with satellites or specific things like Starlink even. There are there are all sorts of different things. For me, it's the rockets. It's mm. designing, building rockets, rocket engines, um, how to make it more efficient, how to make it re-enter uh, a second stage re-entering the planet atmosphere is a, an insanely hard task to do because it's so much faster than the booster itself, which most people don't know either. They're wondering why, well, we're landing boosters. How is it so hard to get a second stage back? That's the kind of questions I'm super interested in. So it's the physics, the engineering, that's that's what I love. And it always was. Um, <clears throat> did you have like an engineering first... background? Did you study that kind of thing? No, uh, well, I did, but not at a university. Um, I'm, okay. I'm self-taught, so I've, read a million books about these kinds of topics and I was I never really fit into schools I don't know why maybe I just had bad teachers or it wasn't you know when you're when you're in a class you have to learn what the class gives you what the topic mm -hmm. is and I was always sidetracking but I'm done with that can I do this and so I I, I always bought books 
read movies, uh, read movies, watched movies and, and tried to inform myself. And that's what I've been doing for, for on the field of rockets for 30 years now, mm -hmm. more even 30, 35 years almost, because I started the first thing uh, that got me interested in space was Challenger um, because it was, well, I was six years old mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I didn't know anything about space and rockets yet, but I saw the explosion on TV and I saw everybody staring at it and being and, 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 and shouting and screaming and crying because it was terrible back then. And my family was always interested in this kind of stuff. So I was I noticed my 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 mom and my dad being like, oh, my God, what what just happened? And so I that's the first thing I remember because I wanted to know what happened. And so I, I at the age of six, I started researching what went wrong with Challenger. That okay. was my intro into the space into the space industry basically uh -huh. um and from there on it just maybe that's even the reason why i'm so interested in the rockets because that was the first thing i did was what happened why did it i mean it looked so my first thought was wow that looks beautiful because i didn't know what happened you know yeah. oh wow these two boosters go into the side and this big explosion in the middle all oh, fireworks and then i looked at everybody else's faces and i was like hmm something <laughs> must be different here yeah. and i started researching into why it happened what went wrong and and how to maybe improve it and what will come next what but back then there wasn't much there was the space shuttle there were the russians who were launching the same rockets over and over uh there was uh isa uh, back then still very small uh but also just launching the same rockets over and over and largely the same same technology as everybody else there wasn't any in innovation and that changed when when I mean, there were some blips here and there of companies trying to dare and improve something, but it wasn't really that much. And then at some point, SpaceX came, and that focused my interest completely. When I when I when I saw the Grasshopper do its testing and 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 heard that they would be trying to land boosters after that, and that they would be building space capsules and wanted to mass produce them at a great price cost point i i realized that if they actually pull this off it would change everything mm -hmm. and that's what they've been building on since then now with the starship it's even crazier than that they we could hit prices of kilogram to 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 low earth orbit prices payload prices of a hundred under a hundred dollars imagine that how much what do you weigh what do i weigh yeah in kilograms yeah you're talking to I'd an say, American. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, all right. So let me help you out. Maybe 75, 80 kilos, something like that. That would be that times 100 is your price to lower orbit. Wow. If, if, if human if human flights to space could be like per pound kind of thing. Yeah. Well, just, it's not it, it, pay per pound. Imagine that yeah. even if it's 15 or $20,000, it would still be an expensive thing to do compared to uh, the low budget, low budget prices we pay for 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 flights nowadays. Mm -hmm. But 20 years ago, the, the price or maybe 30 years ago, the prices for flights were comparable to something like that. So think that mm -hmm. 20 or 30 years further, and we might be traveling to space for 500 bucks in 20 to 30 years. We'll still see that if we eat healthy. That I mean, who wouldn't want to follow that? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what 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 I'm interested in. That's what got me into 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 
space rockets and everything in the first place. It was the same thought uh, all the way in the beginning. What, 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 what's happening there? That's what I was always chasing. I'm curious if we could like make predictions about the future. I, I, I know I avoid it these days <laughs> because like it's hard, just impossible, yeah. you know, yeah. but, but you're talking <laughs> about some, some future stuff that you'd like to see. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I responded to in one of these videos that I just recorded is like, uh, would I want to go up on something like Deer Moon or something like that? I'm not that guy. I I think once I, it's like you were talking about when you were a kid that you saw Challenger and all that. So I was I'm a little bit mm -hmm. older than you. I was I was maybe in like fifth grade or so when that happened. What, how old are you? Forty seven. Oh, okay. I'm forty two, so it's not that much. So about five, yeah. But mm -hmm. um. But same thing, like I just, I, I wanted to be an astronaut more than anything. I had the space shuttle on my wall. I had like little yeah. models of space shuttles and stuff. I knew all the rockets that, you know, Mercury and Gemini went up on and everything. And um, uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> but my point is the like, I was always worry. really into it and stuff. And, and, and now it's like the idea that there could be a, a space hotel or some kind of space tourism thing if it if it got so regular that it's just something people do now even if it's expensive it's something i, I might want to save up and and do someday but i'm not i'm not going to be one, like one of the people testing out what it's like to land a starship on a couple of pins on some chopsticks you know like i'm i'm not gonna yeah. be on that ship you know <laughs> yeah no i don't need that either yeah <laughs> it's the same i've got the question asked uh, plenty of times before on my live streams and in comments, if I would go to space, I would love to go to space, but only if it's safe, because I have family, I have three kids and so on and so forth. So I have to think about that as well. And Mars is completely out of the question because it's just too far away. It's at least two and a half years of trip and it's the most hardcore camping you can imagine. It's not <laughs> going to be pleasant. So yeah. let the people who are much more suited for that do this. But the moon yeah. is what I'm always saying is the one thing I'd love to go to. What do you think? A two-week trip, two of us to the moon and back? Uh, let's see. How old would I be by the time we could do something like that? Ten years, maybe. You think? I do. You think in ten years there will be uh, civil, civil, wait, sort of like more, civilians. <laughs> I almost said you, there'll be civilized people on the moon. Um, you think in <laughs> no, ten no. years normal people could go like stay at a at a moon hotel? Well, it's optimistic, but I do think so. Yeah, not a moon hotel, but uh, the same we have right now with uh, uh, Inspiration Four, for example, mm -hmm. or the occasional guest on the ISS, things like that. So it's not going to be the Hilton. Uh, uh, um, Vales Marinares or something <laughs> on Mars, but. Uh, it might be it might be us being able to go there. That's that's what I was saying. So no no uh, TUI flight to the moon. That's going to take a little longer, but um, I do think in in the, in ten years that would be possible because what people are underestimating here, I think mostly is that it all comes down to payload delivered. We have the technology. We can we could right now if we could just if we had a beamer like from Star Trek, we could just beam modules to the moon and that's it. We'd have the, a base that's as big as a as a small village, no problem because the tech 
is there. The moon is actually easier than low Earth orbit and so on and so forth because you have gravity. You can build in a normal way. You can just set down the, just beam them there and you're good, you know? If we could do that, we'd have the base on the moon. The only thing missing is lots of payload going there. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest problem. And if we, if Starship actually works out, I think 150 tons is on the low end. On the low end. They, I think they can go past 200. Mm -hmm. So 200 tons is a lot of mass. And if you start, it, it, I've been at ESA and I saw the, the Luna Regolith printers at work. They had some simulated Luna Regolith and they were printing walls just fine. Mm -hmm. And the printer didn't look like it was 200 tons. Not nearly, <laughs> actually. It was maybe two tons or something. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you start sending equipment to, to the moon, it would actually be pretty quick that we have a substantial base foothold on the moon. No problem. It just needs to be cheap enough. That's the biggest problem. Because right now with SLS, you send a few astronauts and a few hot dogs and, and sodas around the moon, and it costs you, what, two and a half at absolute minimum per flight. But actually, if you take in the development cost, it's more like 20 billion mm -hmm. per flight. So that is, that's, what's holding us back. It's the same reason why we're locked in low Earth orbit, because the space shuttle was beautiful. I'm, I love it. Every time I go to the Atlantis exhibition here at Kennedy Space Center, if, if, if you've not, not been there, go, by the way, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's incredible. Um, but it was, what, 450 million per flight, mm -hmm. at least. And that's the problem. If that goes down to 5 million or something, <laughs> we're talking. And if that happens with uh, Starship, simple transport flights because that's what would be needed to build a base on mars uh, on the moon you don't need fancy stuff you just need fairing space and 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 payload capacity mm -hmm. that's it and you send all those to the moon that would actually be pretty quick and there's plenty of companies working on equipment right now mm -hmm. even specialized in 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 spacex's starship they are i've talked to a few of them that haven't even disclosed their projects yet and they're working on eight meter diameter modules oh okay cool so there's a lot of stuff we can send up with with uh starships if it actually works i um i've been making the argument for a while that i th i think it's gonna take longer for starship to get human rated than we mm -hmm. than we want because it's could, just such a new be. way of doing everything and all that kind of stuff but but even even if it takes a long time for it to get human rated the point you just made i think stands pretty well that like getting a whole bunch of stuff into orbit or getting a whole bunch of stuff to the moon and making making it a very commonplace daily thing to just like put a massive space station up into space or something you know exactly. um that's a yeah. game changer right there it's like spacex has been sending 150 tons to space so far this year which is that is mm -hmm. so much more than what everybody there's that's like I think it's double of what everybody else has sent up so far this year just one single company mm -hmm. but 150 tons is one starship and they're supposed to launch three times a day see the the, the difference is immense it's not just a little more it's not just 50 percent more or so we're talking the payload of half a year in a day mm -hmm. wow <laughs> if that that is where you can start building normal stuff in space and not just a a super specialized science laboratory but manufacturing you can start building a dock in space for example to build 
spaceships in space because the biggest problem we have with our spaceships is Earth's insanely high gravity. For a planet that size, the, the gravity is really a lot. One G is, I mean, if we had two Gs, we could almost not leave this planet. Yeah. We, we, we wouldn't be a spacefaring, we wouldn't be spacefaring at all, probably. So 1G is at the, it's, it's, it's still doable, but it's very, very difficult. So if we start building spaceships in space, they don't have to leave Earth's gravity well, which would be very, very beneficial as well, and so on and so forth. So we need to really actually go out there and start not just for science trips but for actually staying there that's that's what i meant earlier as well mm -hmm. it's that is the most important part is not to do another science mission somewhere but to actually go out there to not and not want it's kind of like me moving to the united states without the date where i'm going to pack my suitcases mm -hmm. again and travel back to germany it's, it's staying there the people that are going to go to mars are not going to have that pack your suitcase date Mm -hmm. that's the biggest difference i've i've compared going to mars to being more like the first european settlers coming across to coming across the atlantic yep. to the united states yeah. it's it's, yep. it's really more of that kind of thing like yeah bring the whole it's family be, and it's going to be the same amount of danger yeah it's not going to be that's what i meant with a hardcore <laughs> camping trip it's not really going to be nice to go there so yeah it needs tough people, but if there's one thing that uh, history has shown us that is that there is a surprising amount of people willing to do these kinds of things. It's, mm -hmm. it's us stepping out of the grass fields in Africa. We, we did it, even though we didn't know exactly what happens or what, where this would lead us or if there is a dangerous lion sitting out somewhere. We just wanted to go there. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I look forward to writing the coattails of much braver people than I <laughs> and doing and doing something similar once they've proven it safe. So exactly. That's, that's the person I, I will confess. That's the person I am. I'm not the hero, but I will. I will benefit from what the heroes do. Let's put it that way. Well, um, you'll, you'll well, want, you know what? What would the hero be without the person uh, sitting at the at, on the roadside cheering for them when they ride along? You know, true. And throwing the ticker tapes. Yeah. And, Confetti yeah. parades. It's very important for heroes, trust me. <laughs> well, I'll be one of those guys then. With my, with my little YouTube channel. Um, with a little camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we can start to wrap this up. Um, we, we've talked about the, the future plans and stuff like that. And you've got your, uh, you got Artemis 2 or Artemis 1 coming up that you're going to probably by the time people see this, you've already done it. Um, Hopefully, yeah. Anything else on the horizon? Oh, all sorts of things on the horizon. That's, a, that's, a, that's <laughs> the best thing about me specializing in the space industry. That is a glorious time right now to do mm -hmm. so. There is so much happening and I'm looking forward to so many things. Right now, uh, relativity space for those who are interested and in watching this right now. Uh, it's not just SpaceX, Relativity Space, Rocket Lab is working on reusing and building a new rocket, Astra, um, there, there are plenty of projects in the pipeline everywhere in the spaceflight industry, and I'm looking forward to every single one of them. <laughs> it's a crazy time. It is. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I just wanted to pile on a little bit when you were talking about that Artemis thing, or, God, hello, um, it, it, Atlantis. 
at the Kennedy Space Center. The visitor complex, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went there for the, not the first Falcon Heavy launch, but one of them. And uh, yeah, I got to go to the, the, the I keep wanting to say Artemis now, Atlantis. Atlantis um, Center, yeah. Yeah, so so you like walk into that room and there's all those screens and they show a little like sis boom bah, you know, like here's all the missions that it went on and stuff. And it's kind of like, yeah, okay. And then like the screens go up and there it is. It's like yeah. hanging right in front of you. And I legit had to like have a moment. I'm tearing up every time. Yeah, no I just joke. I just got I mean, all teary. This, I was like, oh my God. It's yeah. every time I've been in there like, I don't know, 10 times now, largely because showing visitors the one thing i always do when somebody visits me here is like it dragging them to the visitor <laughs> complex to show them all the cool stuff there and every time i'm standing there and that 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 uh, see-through carpet is being rolled up uh -huh. i'm tearing up every time <laughs> well i've only done it the once but yeah i like all these people just kind of like just start walking in i'm like give me a second yeah <laughs> it is incredible yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 the 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 hope and uh, future goal aspect, I think, because when you see Atlantis, you see how, what great things we've already done, mm -hmm. and uh, it makes me tear up. Yep, same as you. But same, it, it goes back to that thing of like, there's some people, I guess, like us that just it is a very emotional thing. Space yes. flight is, it is. Um, and it, it's an interesting. I'm going to be tearing up when me. Artemis goes up. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be tearing up when Artemis goes up. I'm pretty sure about that. I'm, I'll be <laughs> filming it uh, with my camera because I likely won't be able to live stream from there, which uh, I would love to, but it's just not possible with the equipment we have right now. That's uh, Tim Dodd uh, does this kind of stuff. He, he has <laughs> you, you, you his equipment everywhere. It's insane. Yeah, yeah Luna. It's, it's really, really cool. I mean, what he does there is incredible. And we're so much smaller still. So, but we're working on it. Well, but for Artemis too. 1, it's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, I'll be filming it. And I'm pretty sure I'm, yeah, it's, it's for the, inspiring. For the sake of realism, you need to just kind of like have a, an eyedropper and just like drip some some water <laughs> on the lens while you're, this is, this is the real experience of watching this. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thanks for what you do. And uh, if, if anybody out there has not uh, checked out your channel, go check out What About It. Thank you very much for having me. If you haven't seen Felix's channel yet, it's called What About It on YouTube. It really is one of the few channels I follow to keep up with all things Starship, but uh, you know, also all kinds of other space news. So if that's up your alley, go check him out, give him a subscribe. I think you'll like it. This episode was produced by Kimmy Britt, edited by Bray Brown. I'm Joe Scott. You can find me everywhere at Answers with Joe, pretty much at all the socials and all over the place. Of course, my YouTube channel is Answers with Joe. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Please do share this if you thought it was interesting. And a nice review on whatever podcast player you're using right now really does go a long way. But until next time, thanks. Have a good one. Now go out there and start some conversations of your own. Take care.